Welcome to your number one source for technological innovations, ideas, and strategies for your business. Multiply your business's equations and put the odds in your favor. Now, live from Club ITHQ with your hosts, Ben and Sam, this is Tech Factor. All right, well, it's been a while. Uh, I'm Ben. And I'm Sam. And this is... The Tech Factor. Factor. All right, how's my volume there, Sam? Does that sound all right? Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me, Ben. All right, awesome. Okay, so we are at episode 18 of The Tech Factor. We have had a little bit of a hiatus, but we are back again, ready for action. Uh, This is uh, The Tech Factor. So this is a podcast about driving businesses, productivity, innovation, utilizing technology, Today's episode is all about how to improve and get the uh, best out of your internet speeds at home or in the office. So basically how to get uh, faster internet in your home and office. That's a very um, popular thing. It's such such a simple topic to talk about. And we're going to talk about uh, 10 simple points that you can use to to improve your internet connection. So let's start off with uh, number one. Number one, Sam, what is it? So, it's all about checking the type of connection that you have available to you. So, pretty much there's going to be two main connections these days that you're going to have available and that's either going to be, all in Australia at least, and that's either going to be on the National Broadband Network or the, also the NBN or using wireless broadband through 4G or even in the close future, 5G. So under NBN, you're going to have a few different types of connections, and I'm sure you've probably heard of some of these before, um, including fibre to the node, fibre to the curb, fibre to the premises, and fixed wireless. So depending on what kind of connection you have available to you will definitely depend on your internet speeds and what kind of internet speeds you can expect to get. Yeah, that's right. So I, I think the the first key point really is to understand uh, what uh, MBN connection has been delivered to your premise, so whether it be your office or your home or whatever it may be, and to physically understand the limitations of that connection because it may well end up being that you may end up looking at, say, going, okay, well, I'm getting, you know, like as a real-life example, fixed wireless and I'm barely getting 20 meg, even though the US, uh, the universal service obligation for MBN Co is supposed to be 25 meg, you might be getting 20, which a lot of people are with wireless. You might go, okay, well, I'll check the um, the 4G or 5G connection and you may find that you actually get you know 100 meg or 200 meg or something like that. So the first simple step really is to review what you've got and also ask the question of your internet provider and say, look, you know, can I get something better? Um, the other thing as well is to keep in mind is, is with that, uh, obviously, with your fibre to the node, your fibre to the curve, your fibre to the premise in particular. Um, so they will have different uh, speed levels, right? So you can talk to your internet provider and say, hey, look, I'm, you know, what plan am I on? You go, oh, I'm on the 25 meg plan. Oh, can I go on the 50 meg plan? So you can go on the uh, the higher plan and that'll deliver you your uh, increased speed. So, and you know, it, it's I think it's always a good idea to sort of try and get the, um, the, the most speed possible. I know that seems a little bit funny for some, but... Um, Certainly, in the um, office environment, you want to max it out as much as possible because you, you know, um, technology is changing at a rapid pace, and uh, you you just cannot have. There's never an, there's never enough bandwidth these days, right? So the more you can get out of your connection, the better, and that's a, such a simple thing to do straight off the bat. 
um, check out your internet connection and uh, and see what what's available to, and what your options are. And just before we wrap up that one, just with the NBN, there is a simple rule of thumb um, for what kind of speeds you can achieve. You can pretty much guarantee that on fiber to the curb or fiber to the premises connections, you're going to be able to max out your connection. So just get the fastest one you can and you'll probably get those speeds. When you're on fiber to the node, that will determine on how far away your physical premises is to the large green box on the street. And that can be anywhere between a couple of hundred meters and up to a kilometer away. So that'll determine that. And then fixed wireless also depends on how many people are using that tower and how far away from it you are. Depends on how oversubscribed MBN has made the tower. I, I wouldn't say undersubscribed because I've never heard of the tower being undersubscribed. To no, I don't so, think so. I don't think that exists. Uh, right. So that is number one. Let's move on to number two. So I'll start off with this one. So this is number two. So number two is upgrade your router modem slash switch. So basically, once your internet connection uh, enters your premise, it goes to a device now that device is typically some kind of router or modem uh, for most smes or if you've got a home office you'll probably have some kind of smart modem device and it will plug in uh, from the nbn straight into that device and that device then is the the point of delivery for your internet connection so uh, a lot of these particularly if you've received them from a certain isp they may not necessarily um, be up to scratch in terms of performance they may be cheap they may be uh, they may have some little nasties on them that may make it a little bit slow. They may be just slow out of the box, right? Maybe they need some additional configuration or, um, or whatnot. So having a look at what you've got available to you and and uh, and seeing what your options might be in that regard, a great simple way to uh, make your internet that a little bit faster, um, particularly, uh, as I said, depending on what uh, you know modem has come with your internet connection or if you had to purchase one separately, uh, can make a big difference. So... The other thing as well is particularly if, if it's a SME environment, so uh, you'll have your modem router and it'll be plugged in inevitably to some kind of switch because you, if you're going to deliver internet connectivity to you know, 16 or 20 or 40 or 100 devices, right, you obviously need that then to be routed into a much larger switch to then have all the stuff go into that to connect up to the internet. So uh, a lot of the times uh, what will happen inevitably when people upgrade their internet connection, they'll upgrade their internet, but then they will forget about the hardware that follows it down the line. And certainly we've seen over the years uh, where people are still using what's called a 100 meg switch uh, with a standard these days is gigabit, so it's 1,000 meg. So simply spending a little bit of money to upgrade your switches uh, will significantly increase your network performance and also your internet capacity. So, uh, well, your internet performance overall, not it won't necessarily improve the capacity, but it'll improve the overall performance. So very simple thing you can do and um, obviously extremely worthwhile. Yeah. So, yeah. So, j- just to touch on that one, Ben, is it's it's sort of you've pretty much covered it all there. But to give an example, so if you're on a fiber to the premises uh, connection and you go all out and you go with the gigabit, um, the gigabit version of the internet, so you can, you can, I think it's an average of about nine hundred to a thousand megabits a second. But then you go and connect your old one hundred megabit switch up to it your devices are only going to get a theoretical max of about a tenth of your internet connection. So it is definitely worthwhile just making sure what physical devices you've got connected up. 
Exactly. So that's a great, simple, easy one, and that's uh, that's number two. So let's move on to number three. And as if as we head into number three, we're going to be looking at upgrading your wireless access points. These could be either standalone access points that you've got installed in such say such a larger a larger business environment. But generally, if you're going to be in a home office, your access point's probably going to be built into your modem or router that's connecting straight up to the NBN. So depending on the um, how long ago you purchased these or when they came from your ISP they could have uh, older versions of Wi-Fi technology. So the um, the latest one at the moment is probably you're going to find is AC, so wireless AC. Um, th- this is fairly standard at this point and anything you buy now is going to have AC implemented. But as we're moving forward, probably over the next 12 months or so, you'll start seeing another Wi-Fi version come out and they have aptly named it Wi-Fi 6. So, Wi-Fi 6 is up to 250% faster than Wi-Fi AC. So, it just gets into this thing of as we get faster internet connections, we need faster Wi-Fi connections. Exactly. And uh, the thing of it is that a a lot of devices these days are connected wirelessly. So it it is really important that you do nail down your wireless access point technology and make sure that you are using uh, something uh, as as new as possible. Uh, And it's something as reasonable quality as possible, because sometimes something will advertise wireless AC, but it'll only have one radio built into it and maybe you won't get the full performance out of it. So um, Unless so, you're standing yeah. a few centimeters away from it, but yeah, exactly. especially in, in in modern homes and that, if it depending where it's located, you can't really have one access point and put it in the corner of your house and expect to get great signal in the other corner. So it's also looking at where you place access points and just checking they're in central locations. And if you've just got a single one in, say, a modem or a router, make sure that it is high-powered and has more than one antenna and, yeah. Cool. All right, let's move on to number four. Right, so number four is, well, I've I've labelled it make sure there's no unwanted guests. So what this comes back to is your wireless security. So making sure that your wireless security is properly set up on your network. It's very easy with wireless technology for the next door neighbor to be uh, jumping on your uh, connection and pulling Netflix up and uh, you know, using up a little bit of bandwidth. That is unfortunately very common. So review your wireless security. Make sure that you've got at least um, WPA2 uh, uh, encryption on your, uh, on your wireless access uh, point. Uh, you certainly wouldn't want like web encryption, for example, and you certainly don't want your passwords to be things like one, two, three, four, five, six. Anything that's blatantly obvious uh, will not be helpful. The other thing you can do uh, to just understand to make sure that there isn't anything on your network that is chewing up your internet that maybe you're not aware of and slowing things down is you can do what's called an isolation test. So an isolation test basically means is disconnect everything by one, you know, one computer, plug it straight up to your MBN connection. There'll be a variety of ways to do that. You can plug it in just through your modem, but make sure there's literally nothing else on the network. Disable your Wi-Fi, plug a computer in via a cable and run a test. And that's the quickest way to determine the pure speed of your internet connection, just to understand how fast it's actually going. And if you find there's significant differences between that and then between when you enable your Wi-Fi and have everything running, then you may find there may actually be something on your network giving you, giving you some grief. So 
making sure there's nothing unwanted on your network or something that's chewing up your internet. Uh, very important. And um, again, check your Wi-Fi security and perform an isolation test, which isn't terribly hard to do. It is a bit technical, but it's not very hard to perform. Just disconnect everything, disable your Wi-Fi, plug up a single computer, run a test and, and see what it does, see if there's any significant difference because that's a, another great tip and a great way f- uh, to achieve faster uh, internet. Yeah, and if you find something is chewing up your your internet bandwidth over your Wi-Fi when you switch it back on, a great easy way to fix that is just change your Wi-Fi password and then just start reconnecting all your devices one by one and just checking its speed each time. So, just in case someone does have access to your Wi-Fi and that's always a really simple way of going around it. That's it. So, on to number five. So, number five, I did touch on this one a little bit Uh, just before. I didn't read too far down the document then, did I? Um, No, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So, this one is um, the physical placement of your Wi-Fi access points. So, the main note I've got on this one is just checking for RF interference. So, in a typical home or office environment, your RF interference is probably going to be coming from either uh, microwaves, TVs, maybe a fridge, less likely, but just those kinds of devices. So, it's best not to put, especially if you are running just one access point, is just to make sure that it is absolutely nowhere near your microwave. Um, And I'm trying to think of any, do you you have any other examples that could cause interference, Ben? Probably the other clear thing to understand, because people don't really understand how Wi-Fi works. It's a little bit of magic, but um, the thing of it is that with uh, Wi-Fi, typically there's the three non-overlapping channels. And so most Wi-Fi systems will be set to auto channel, which means they'll try and figure out the channel with the least amount of traffic on it. If you're in a, a, a built-up environment, whether that be in a you know, large industrial area or a, you know, even at home, uh, for example, any, anywhere there's increased density and there's um, office networks nearby, you may find you check your Wi-Fi and there might be you know, five or six networks nearby, right? So it's really important. We we call this you know obviously channelization and it's it's a as a you know obviously a Wi-Fi or a radio concept in general right but what you can do is you can use like a an app for example there's one as it was a Wi-Fi man Ubiquity's um, yep app U- Ubiquity Wi-Fi man yep so yeah so Ubiquity Wi-Fi man's one example but there's a whole bunch of Wi-Fi analyzers out there you can load up one of those apps uh, it'll show you in in a visual form with a little um little sort of spectrum you can sort of see the where all the uh, networks are, and it'll give you an idea of essentially what channel across the wireless frequency is the got the least amount of traffic, right? Least amount of interference. So that's a really good practical tip because uh, if you do that right, it might say, for example, uh, channel six or channel twelve or channel one. There's no no one else broadcasting on that channel. There's little interference. You go right. Well, if you set your actual wireless scenes to that channel rather than let the Wi-Fi system try to automatically figure that out. Uh, that will also uh, improve your wireless performance quite significantly uh, and it's something uh, worthwhile doing. Apart from the obvious things of interference like microwaves and things we've talked about, you don't put your wireless access point beside the microwave. It's just idiotic. Um, but, you know, the wireless interference more in general is, is really important. And then also then planning, you know, particularly if you're talking about an office environment, where you're going to put those access points is, is really important for maximising uh, your internet connection and maximising the network's overall connection just for doing your day-to-day work. 
Yeah, and and if you're ever unsure how to change those kinds of settings, uh, a great way to do is by quickly just looking up what model number your Wi-Fi is, whether it is your uh, your modem, you know, say it's TP-Link or uh, you know a Telstra modem or uh, whatever it might be from your ISP, or if you have uh, say a Unify um, Wi-Fi system. Um, or even Cisco, a, a quick Google search of the model number of your Wi-Fi system and often just finding the manual will be a great way of just finding out how to make those changes to your radios. That's that one. And on to number six. Now, so is it my – I think it's my turn. It is. <laughs> right. My turn. Okay, so check your logs. So uh, one of the, uh, I mean, maybe less. I mean, no, it's maybe less obvious, but you know, it could very well be that you've got the latest, you know, technology. You've got an upgraded modem. You know, you're doing all the right things, but for some reason, you're having problems with your internet. Um, if you log into your modem, so your modem will have a username and password. You may have already set it when you set it up, or it may be a default one underneath the. If you physically look underneath the box, it might have the username and password listed there. You can log into it via the web browser, and there'll, there'll inevitably be a section there called logs. Now, if your internet connection, for example, is dropping out or dropping packets, that can be causing, obviously, issues with your internet and will be causing performance issues. So uh, checking the internet uh, logs on your modem router is uh, our tip number six because essentially if you're finding out your internet's dropping out, then what that means is it's losing packets, it's losing data, and it's taking longer to do basic operations. So the resolution for that would then be to, once you've identified that, is to uh, lodge a fault with your internet provider and, and they can then go through and, and follow it up and, and figure out where the problem lies and, and hopefully get that resolved for you. But it's a, it's a very uh, simple and uh, an important tip. Yep, and you'll find that one will often happen during the Australian spring, during storm season. Um, we get a lot of rain and a lot of lightning storms, so often some issues will arise with NBN connections. Um, and if yeah, if you find your connection either stops working or degrades, and yeah, always a good idea just to give your service provider a buzz. Yeah, exactly, particularly... Um given where some of this infrastructure physically sits uh, often it can get you know piled up with water or debris or whatever and uh you know just like anything it you know it'll it, it can physically degrade and can cause issues and and if you're not conscious of it you know if you check the logs and you actually find you can clearly find evidence of stuff like that then um then they obviously the isp can go back they can launch a fault and they run through those channels so they start to then go run run back and physically check the cabling and and run to that fun process of, of diagnosing that issue. So, um, it, look, it can be a bit of hassle with your internet provider. Don't get me wrong. There's a bit of backwards and forwards and they might go, oh, change this or check that or they'll make you do everything else before lodging a fault. Um, but uh, often, uh, you know, it's worth the persistence because you inevitably that will make a difference. So, uh, that's uh, point number six. So, on to number seven. So, point number seven, consider using cabling or replacing old cabling. So, as we've sort of talked about Wi-Fi here, if, if you do have an older Wi-Fi version or you're trying to use a device that may not support wireless AC or wireless 6, then potentially plugging it straight into a switch will definitely assist. Generally, um, CAT network cabling is going to be standardized at one gigabit. 
therefore it's always going to be faster than using Wi-Fi and usually more reliable as well as you don't have to battle with reception issues and other devices on the network. And the other one with replacing old cabling. Now, I feel this one's going to be most evident if you're in a home or home office and especially if your house isn't new. Some some older homes will be using internal cabling that was potentially laid back when dial-up was the thing. So, some there may be some cabling running from the street to your home that was installed maybe in the 90s or even beforehand. So, it's always a good idea to get that stuff checked out and getting an, a licensed cabler or electrician can run new cabling from the street to your home if that becomes a problem. Yeah, exactly. And so, and also just going on the replace old cabling, it's it's not just also from the uh, physical cabling going from the, the premise uh, into the uh, into the first point of contact, but also, you know, again, if we're talking like a, a larger business, so an SME, they might have, uh, again, go back to the switch example, they might have a switch there, maybe might have a couple of switches there, might have, you know, 20 switches there, depends on the size of the business, right? But they'll have switches there and they'll have cabling there. You know, it could, have, could be some old Cat5 cable that maybe just be degraded over the years and, uh, you know, replacing the cabling with uh, new Cat6 stuff uh, will always help. So, uh, could you know, it could be getting little dropouts, a little packet loss here and there with an old cable. So, uh, just simple things like that can make a, a, a big difference. And, um, you know, look, ultimately, particularly when you're talking like larger environments where you have a lot of devices, uh always consider using cabling where you can because you're just going to have less overall problems. There's only so much spectrum uh, in the 2.4 and 5 gigahertz uh, ranges. So uh, you will be limited uh, in the physical amount of bandwidth uh, whenever you're using Wi-Fi and it's just a, a basically a, a physics issue really. So um, it, it's one of those things where if you need to rely on it, you should consider using cabling where you can and make sure that cabling is is new Cat6 stuff that's not damaged. Uh, and again, that will make a significant difference. Yep, 100% agree. Excellent. All right, let's move on to number eight. Now, this one might be a little bit um, underappreciated or maybe not thought of straight away because of the other points we've already raised so far are all pretty obvious ones and things that you want to, like low-hanging fruit that you want to hit straight away. But but often, um, you know, you you come across a you know computer or a bunch of computers or a server or whatever, and you people go, oh, this computer's running really slow. The internet's slow. Then you realize the whole computer itself is slow. You boot up the browser and there's like a hundred different add-ons and plugins and things like that. And you go, well, your internet's, you know, maybe the internet's working working perfectly fine, but the computer itself might be you know five or six years old, or it might have a whole bunch of malware on it. It may it just may not be in a good state. So you've got to make sure that your hardware is not only up to date, but is also uh, clean and free of malware, and uh, that you know it's uh, you not you don't have excessive plugins installed on your browser, for example. So just making sure the hardware is right is is another simple tip that will um, make fast you know improve your internet connection connectivity, right? So uh, a really simple tip, uh, certainly you know if you're using an old computer. And you know, look, the old computer may have old hardware. And going back to some of the stuff we talked about earlier, the latest Wi-Fi technology, you might have. If you've got an old computer, maybe it's got a wireless N card and it doesn't have a wireless AC card, for example, which would, again, reduce the performance of your internet connection. Uh, but certainly, things like malware and all the crap that goes with inevitably a computer over time will slow it down. 
and uh, just making sure you've got a, a clean and up-to-date computer, really simple tip and a guaranteed way to get faster internet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that, that's about all you can say about that one. <laughs> now then, all right. <laughs> Let's go to point nine. All right, and if we're looking at point nine, we'll be looking at reviewing your ISP providers. So you might find uh, that it may not matter in some instances, but in others it will. So some providers might um, provide better contention ratios and overall faster connection than others. So you might be getting the connection on the same network, so you might still be delivered by the NBN, but what happens after the point of connection is up to the ISP. And it depends on your ISP. This can vary a lot. If your ISP doesn't isn't all that interested in their own infrastructure and making sure their point of intersect at the NBN is nice and strong and they have lots of different routes, especially when it comes to international routes, then you might find that your connection just wouldn't be as strong as going with a provider that is fantastic with all those sorts of things. And it's just about doing the research. Look on forums. There's some great ones out there. Just there's all sorts of different ways of finding well, well, out. Well, Whirlpool is a good example. Yeah, well. Whirlpool, Whirlpool is a fantastic one. They, it, It's a forum that's just about great for everything, but they have a, a quite a strong um, community that know a lot about the NBN and know a lot about um, the internet and providers in general. Yeah, it, look, it's a really important point because you might see advertised, oh, and this NBN connection, 50 meg or 100 meg, and it's like, I don't know, saying 100 bucks a month. You might see another one go, oh, we're doing it for $79 a month. And you go, oh, well, they're both delivering NBN. And you go, well, that's that other guy just, you know, literally just charging a cheaper price. But it's not the case. So even though they might be offering inverted commas the same specification connection uh, from NBN, it's again, it's what happens after that. Because uh, NBN, NBN provides the, obviously, the physical uh, end user connection. But once it gets beyond that point, when they actually have to route that traffic out of the, the PO, the point of interest, um, no, the P- the POI. Oh, sorry, a point of intersect, whatever you call it. Um, what do I call it? A point of interest. I don't know. <laughs> that's in a GPS. <laughs> yeah, that's GPS. Yeah, that's that's where it's it's funny acronyms, right? Like, so there's so many different All acronyms the same. for different things. The same acronym, but start for different things. But anyway, um, yeah, the point of inter- interconnect is the uh, one we're referring to in this example. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, at that point, you know, they might. Yeah, because obviously they need to have bandwidth, they need to have physical fiber connections and other bits and pieces and microwave towers and stuff to get back to the internet um, that you're actually requesting, right? And a lot of the traffic from the internet, uh, particularly in Australia, is delivered from overseas. So again, going back to what Sam said, making sure that uh, they do have uh, significant bandwidth for overseas connectivity is, is really important. And, you know, different ISPs have different models, different pricing models and different ways of going about business. And they will do... Um, all those things a little bit differently and that all adds up and it may well be that one ISP, depending on the type of work you do or depending on the type of website you look at, one ISP just might be faster than the others because of the fact that they allocate more bandwidth to a certain country, you know, to a country that might have more, more, more bandwidth going back to the USA or to Canada or I, I don't know, wherever you may be. Maybe you do a lot of business in Asia, for example, and maybe there's someone that's got a better point of connectivity to um, Singapore and, and throughout those areas. So, it, it it does make a difference, uh, and I will say for the most part, you do get what you pay for with with the internet. So if something looks cheaper, but um, you know, and it looks the same, you, I would still be, 
I should be more inclined to go with the more expensive option just because of the fact of the matter is that it's it's very rare that um, like you know people sort of treat the internet as a commodity, but it's not really a commodity. There's a big difference in support and there's a big difference in the uh, basically the amount of resources that the internet provider puts into your connections. So and there's, uh, th- th- there's a great thing there with about what you're touching on there, Ben, with pricing. So th- this may get a little bit technical, but there is a um, the NBN's got a thing called CVC, which is called Connectivity Virtual Circuit. So it is a virtual fee that NBN code charges providers. Um, so a provider has to purchase bandwidth from NBN. So let's say that if an ISP provider was to purchase um, one megabit per second of CVC for every new customer it gets, and that if every single customer were to use their internet at the same time, then every single customer would have a maximum of one megabit per second download speed. So that's generally how CVC works. So if your provider doesn't purchase enough CVC, come 7 p.m. when everyone's finished work, they're jumping on Netflix at home, they're doing all their stuff at home on the internet, then that's when peak time you'll see drops in internet speed. So generally, if you the bigger drop in internet speed you see, it means that your provider is not purchasing enough CVC from the NBN. That's right. So uh, that is probably the really where you do see a lot of these issues is really the yeah, basically, essentially, the services I have subscribed and, and that essentially ISPs and putting those resources in there. So, you know, the, when a connection is a little bit more expensive, it's probably because they're, they're literally, they've allocated more resources to it. That's a simple way of explaining it. And so you might go, oh, that's the same in your connection, but it, it's not. And so, um, it, yeah, it, it's really important to to um, to consider that type of stuff. And there's lots of great websites that we've already mentioned online that will give you an, an indication of, of basically what ISPs do what. Uh, there's, a, and, there, there's a lot of great service providers out there as well that will actually publish their CVC graphs daily. So you'll often see how close to their maximum potential and then when when they purchase more CVC from the NBN. Yeah, I would say there isn't, I wouldn't say the majority of ISPs do that. <laughs> Most but, don't. You will find but, only a few. Yeah. But honestly, it, it's a it's amazing, you know, for those that do do that. Uh, that you know, it's a great open and transparent way of being open with your customers and saying, look, this is the level of support that we're offering you, and and the level of resource we're providing to your connection. Like it, it's a, I, I think it's a fantastic model, and I, I, I support that. Um, you know, it's a very transparent way of doing business. But the, you can be rest assured that there are a large, significant portion of ISPs that are playing the game to sort of try and you know bundle and market things in a, in a way that maybe make them come across as, as great value but on the surface but then when you actually start to dig down to that and see some of that transparency maybe maybe it's not so great so re- really important one um it's a, such a simple one but uh again really important faster than your home and office review your isp options and um just yeah just check it out seriously and make sure that uh there's nothing uh, there untoward or, or conversely you may find there might be a better isp that will offer just simply a better connection so that is, yeah, that's number nine. Let's just get on to the last one, which is a bit arbitrary, but we'll get up to it anyway. So in the last option, of course, uh, talk to a professional. So if you get stuck and you can't deliver, um, you know, you go, well, I'd, I'd want to get faster internet in my home and office and I just don't know where to start. 
or I've tried some of these tips and some something hasn't worked or some has or hasn't, talk to a professional. So uh, you know, engage an IT consultant. Uh, again, if you're a, a, a small to medium business, definitely talk to someone like Club IT who we can help out that type of stuff. And um, yeah, because I mean, look, you know, some of these things can be quite complicated. Networks are getting larger and larger and getting more and more complicated over, um, over time as people add more and more devices and there's a lot more variables involved. In simple scale, it, it can be quite easy to work your way through it. But as it gets bigger, particularly, as I said, for that SME type market, um, you know, just calling in some help is always a great idea. So if you really get stuck uh, and, you know, you've got something a little bit more complex, have a chat to Club IT and we can certainly help you out. And uh, I think that would about cover that. Anything you want to add? I think there, that so? wraps that up. I mean, I think we've touched on pretty much everything that you would need to check to make sure that you're getting the best out of your internet speeds at home and at the office. Right. So let's just quickly just review those 10 points. So again, check the type of internet connection that's available to you. Make sure you gain the, the, the best type of connection. Upgrade your uh, router or your modem. Uh, make sure in terms of your switching, your physical switches are up to date. Upgrade your wireless access points, making sure you're using latest technology. And uh, obviously, that's just changing rapidly. Make sure there's no unwanted guests. So again, check your uh, Wi-Fi, make sure your password's security, password secure. And, and do an isolation test as well just to make sure there's nothing on the network that shouldn't be on the network. Uh, number five was the physical placement of wireless access points. So we talked about um, RF interference and, and going through all that and the tips around that. Number six was uh, checking uh, your log. So log into your modem, check the log, see if there's anything funny going on. Uh, it's a hassle to deal with your ISP and logging faults, but honestly, it can yield good results. Uh, can, the uh, next point was uh, consider using cabling and replacing old cabling. So use cabling where you can, replace the old stuff uh, where you can as well. Number eight was ensuring your hardware is up to date. And, you know, slow computers equals slow internet. Very simple, very straightforward. Number nine was reviewing the uh, your ISP. And again, we talked about contention ratios and the differences between ISPs. They're not all the same. And the last one and the most important one was if you still get stuck, have a chat to a professional. So that is the 10 tips for faster internet for your home and office. I'm Ben. And I'm Sam. And we will see you at episode 19. Take care. Cheers. 